welcome to Designing Success from Study to Studio. I'm your host, Rhiannon Lee, founder of the Oleander and Finch Design Studio. I've lived the transformation from study to studio and then stripped it bare and wrote down the framework so you don't have to overthink it. In this podcast, you could expect real talk with industry friends, community, connection, and actionable tips to help you conquer whatever's holding you back. Now let's get designing your own success. Stick with me here because today's podcast episode is going to sound like a little bit of a strange stretch on how we design successful businesses and how this fits in to the business of blending businesses and babies. But the reason I'm bringing it to you is I did a live chat and you can find this on my Instagram. There is a live that's saved there. It's about 11 or 12 minutes long, but I did that uh, six months ago or so. And uh, my DMs have never blown up like that before. So afterward, everybody stopped in to say, look, we're not, I'm not pregnant. I'm just thinking about having a baby, like, or I want to have a baby in two years time. I'm also embarking, I've just graduated design school and I'm heading into the world of building my own business. And I just want some reassurance that that's something that won't break the business or I'm not wasting my time setting everything up only to get pregnant and never go back to it. Um, And people are just really super curious, I guess, on how do you manage the effort of pregnancy as well you know it's one thing to say this is how we sort of balance running a busy household with kids and business and everything else but before you actually get pregnant or before you're actually having a baby there's so much that you want to sort of check off and dot your i's and cross your t's and know that things are going to be okay and there's never anyone giving you that green light to say no no it's fine you're going to be fine so the conversation that i had on that live was really popular I guess because I just broke down what I actually did in order to have my third baby so Marley was born in September of 2021 and he was born sort of three years into my business so I had had my business everything was going well completely sold out waitlist that sort of stuff really it it was really taking off and I always knew I wanted to have a third baby and I know this sounds really terrible to say but I was like the sooner I get this done the sooner he can go to school and I can get working full-time in my business because I am passionate about what I do I do love 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 designing for clients and doing what I do helping other designers just everything about my business I'm like super obsessed with so I was kind of like, look, I know it's going to be a little short-term pain for a long-term gain and I do not want to look back on my life and think, oh no, I just stayed in like the Oleander and Finch zone. My business was doing really well. So my family only has my two boys whom I love dearly, but I always knew I wanted the three children. And so I was like, well, it's just going to have to happen. And with the other kids, like with the first child, I was definitely thinking, oh, you know, I could be at least 15 years more financially ready and I want to have this duck in a row and this duck in a row. And then you pee on a stick and you're like, okay, duck, (laughs) we're just going to make this happen. Like, that's fine. That's It is what it is. Like, let's see what we can do. And it turns out babies just need you. They don't need all the fancy, fancy things that you see on Instagram and things are a lot easier than we overcomplicate things. We overcomplicate everything in business. So why should babies be any different? Okay, so today I'm going to talk you through some of the things that went through my head, some of the ways that I was able to plan for Marley's birth, some of the ways that I, uh, some unexpected things that came up. And hopefully if you're thinking about having a subsequent child, third child, fourth child, second child, or your first child, some of these things might be really helpful within your business. So firstly, 
because I knew I wanted to have a third child and it was going to happen for me at some point, I was like, okay, well, what would this look like if it wasn't actually a problem? If I could lean into it and make it so that the time I was on maternity leave was a time that worked for me instead of against me, what would that look like? And I considered all sorts of things, like should I train someone up and have someone run Oleander and Finch for 12 weeks, 18 weeks, however long maternity leave I wanted to take? Could I completely afford to black out those dates and close down? Like what would cash flow look like? How can I affect change from cash flow? Like is there anything I can do in order to uh, work harder while I'm pregnant and then not in the first um, three months of Marley's life? So I really thought about it and I thought, well, what would the opportunity be? What would I do if I didn't have to be like stressed out working with clients? Because at that stage, probably when I went on maternity leave was possibly peak busyness for the business. It was, if you were ever going to pick a time, that would not have been my preferred time. But when I was trying to flip the script and think about what it would look like if it was easy and if it wasn't an issue and if it was going to be a benefit to my business, I was like, okay, well, what if in the downtime, because I've had two children before, I know how much newborns actually sleep. And yes, I was committed to the fourth trimester and the bonding with my baby. And I knew all about skin to skin and snuggles in bed and like all those delicious things that I absolutely loved. And I, Marley did not miss out on any of those. I was not setting up automations and processes while he screamed in a bassinet. Like we, he was with me all the time. Uh, so I thought about it and I thought, okay, well, my processes and systems, uh, the Hot Mess Express, they were, they were terrible. I was like, mm, they really could be so much better. In my mind, my business runs so much more stress-free and more profitably and just has tighter processes and procedures. So I thought, okay, well, if I templated everything, created everything um, and documented everything so it was a shareable resource and asset for my business, that would help me if I ever bring anyone into the business. But it helped in such a different way because it meant that I documented everything and went, oh my gosh, I could just write an online course and teach everybody else how to set up their businesses so that they don't have to feel stressed and hot mess express and like sweaty and a bit like, oh God, everything's here, but it's just a lot of not well thought out processes. So I stripped everything back and thought, yep, you know what, that's what good would look like for me. If I was on maternity leave, I'd spend lots of time with the baby, but I'd also spend lots of time with the foundational stuff that since my business took off so extremely quickly, organically, I never had time to sit back and set it up properly. So that was my opportunity. I was like, I could take three months off, but then I could come back and I could match the processes and structures and systems to my current knowledge of my business and how my clients need things to be. And then things would be so much more harmonious running forward when I actually return from maternity leave. In terms of my big fear around like cash flow and what was going to happen over that time, I sort of thought about it and I thought, well, it doesn't matter who I'm working for, whether that's in a business or not in a business. In Australia, there is paid maternity leave that you can access from the government who will actually pay you to have 12 or 18 weeks off um, and pay you a specific wage. So there would be some income coming into the business. So I was like, okay, that's good. That's going to help in some way. And then I'm not sure if I can say this on the podcast or whether like the ATO are going to come and 
bash down the studio door and I'll get in trouble, but I don't think I'll get in trouble. I also ran a campaign where I encouraged people who wanted to work with me in that time because the clients were really quite aggressively saying, can we just quickly do this before you go? Can I squeeze in? Can I get in? When are you back? When can I work with you? Um, I felt a lot of that pressure, I'll be honest. That's probably one of my biggest regrets that my boundaries weren't clear. Like I wasn't turning more people away and just saying I am low on iron, I'm very, very pregnant and I do not have time for this. I was taking things on that I shouldn't have. Lesson learned, but there's no more babies coming so I won't need to put it into play. But for you, wind up around the sort of 36-week mark no later and really give yourself that rest period because nothing will break, nothing's going to be disastrous. But I think the earlier you can finish up, the better because you can find yourself very busy with requests where people who just want to sneak in. So I actively ran a campaign where I encouraged people to purchase pre-purchase gift certificates. I do sell gift certificates within my business. I always have. They've been a very uh, popular thing in December for, for Christmas present gifting. I've always, always had lots of people gift their teenagers a room refresh or their um, their mom like a Zoom call with me and a mood board. So in all the years of my business, that has always been very popular. So there's people that do that every single year. So I just went out and said, hey, guys, you can't work with me from basically September until January. However, if you have a gift certificate, I will still honour those because I am not allowed to make income at that time after the baby's born until I return to work. But I can fulfil the gift certificates because I'm not uh, charging. And I hope that wasn't a problem. Uh, I may need to come back and edit this particular episode, but I always tell it like it is. It's always say I'm not gatekeeping everything. This is what I did. And that helped because just before I went on maternity leave, I had a little cash injection into my business post that campaign for gift certificates. And that was able to bridge the gap between like, like when you stop working with clients, you don't actually get paid by the government until a couple of weeks after the baby's born because you have to go in and prove the paperwork that your baby's been born and all that sort of stuff. So if you don't want any break in income coming in, then I would suggest you do something along those lines or you do something that's um, strategic and smart about getting a bit of an injection in that carries you across the way. Because Marley was like eight days overdue, which felt like eight months overdue. And like, so everything just blew out a little bit more than I anticipated. So I was grateful for that uh, marketing campaign and having all of those gift certificates squared away. And many of the people didn't actually even use them throughout the time I was on maternity leave. Like I think probably 60% used them and the other 40% just had them in their back pocket. Then they came to me, you know, throughout the years, subsequent years since, and they have spent their gift certificates. Okay, after Molly arrived, I absolutely gave myself a little bit of time to enjoy the fourth trimester and really be present with him. There was no way I was going to let him miss out on that bonding time any different to any of the boys just because I had also written a master list of automations and templates that I wanted to achieve while um, on leave. So I got into Notion. I wrote a mega wish list. Like I basically said, if I hired, like I thought this in my my head like if I was going to hire a third party agency to work on all the automations and processes and templates in my business that I could possibly need then I would just sit here in the rocking chair snuggling Marley and they'd be doing that and then I'd walk back in after 12 weeks to my new look business what would it look like and what would those 
what would those documents be? So I wrote a mega checklist of those documents and then I just set to task one by one, just like rocking, breastfeeding, jumping into Canva and creating a like revamped investment guide and then individual flyers per service and updated web copy and I got um, a full suite of email templates in automation so all the workflows are set for all of the possible customer client interactions with me it's just a click button for me and they get the customized thing that's right for them at that time so you know once they're onboarded they just automatically get their welcome guide and next steps and download your personalized invoice here or all that sort of stuff it all just sort of flows but it did take quite a bit of research so I could just be sitting in the chair and watching a little YouTube tutorial on Zapier and how to uh, connect different applications so that when x happens it triggers y to happen and, and set those automations so I actually learned a lot during that time I don't think it was Zapier that like um, in 2021 to be fair it's a little bit early but like there was lots of things in the background that I had not been aware on the technology or how to set things up and I went to task to educate myself you know I wasn't actually outsourcing I was going to get it all done and I knew from experience what I was going to need so I now have pdf guides to every single type of style that I'm willing to work on so if anyone works with me and we're working on Japandi they get a beautiful uh, Japandi guide that goes along with their welcome guide it's just all this customer focused stuff that mm, elevates their experience working with Oleander and Finch I think they really like it um, I have particular guides on styling particular areas if it's a coffee table guide if it's styling a sideboard if it's hanging art it's all the things that over the first three years of my business I wished I kind of had at hand instead of explaining to people over and over the same stuff or saying you know I'll let me uh, quickly voice memo you a few tips or something like that. It just became like I have this big library now that I just dip into and attach to the final deliverable documentation. I also templated up yeah, every single email touch point. I made you know a master hub in Notion where I save everything and I've got everything. So we're going into the finalized Oleander like document library I guess and then from that document library I built the framework and that's where I just like duplicated all the documents for direct use by other people and that's sort of where it was all born the idea of like oh my gosh if I'm doing all of this I can really think about all the questions I need to pose and all the answers I need to have in order to make the best decisions for my business and document it and then write a course to help people because nobody is there to help you when you get out of design school to actually think about everything you need to think about. You've got to learn it on the go and you can miss parts and you can not have considered what that looks like until the client actually says, well, why is that the same price as that if they're different and you don't have an answer for it? So anticipating these questions is really important. And because I had three years of business behind me, I've answered all these questions already. It was just like, it's so nice to finally have the time to sit down and write it all out and keep it in a centralized hub. 
The other thing that I did is I maintained my presence on social media. Yeah, my focus is a bit different and I had lots of baby spam and I was able to show up and show a cute little newborn. But I did things along the way, like I had an in-home styling for a Zoom that I conducted prior to Mali and it they prepaid for the like consultation for me to go over and style. So I took tiny baby Mali, he must have been about five weeks old, to the home, styled up their furniture, styled up their room, took photos and, you know, took some content of me walking around with the newborn sick all over my shoulder probably near their like globe west sofa I'm sure they loved me but um they do love me hello to Hassan and Stephen they're good clients of mine that I have worked with three or four times so I know that they were okay for me to bring my baby but you know I just stayed present on social media I showed up in stories I talked about what was going on and how it was with the baby and the business and I would celebrate wins like I've just finally like filled out an entire year's worth of marketing calendar and everything that's coming up in terms of holidays and campaigns and things that have worked well in the past and things that haven't and I've recorded it all in one centralized spreadsheet and then I would just get on and talk about that and share that and people were excited I was really excited to hit the ground running when uh, my leave time was up I felt as though I didn't like close the doors to the studio. I didn't even have the studio, but close the doors to Oleander and Finch. And then you didn't see me for three months. And then I popped back up and I was like, hi guys, I'm back. I started talking about opening the wait list halfway through my maternity leave. And therefore when I returned, I was still sold out for 12 weeks. Like I returned as I left, like just straight away, people who couldn't get in before I went to have the baby. I was like, cool do you want to tentatively book for, you know, uh, February? I'll be back in January. I can't remember the month now, but I was like, you can book for the third week. You can be one of the first on the books, pay the deposit. And again, I was pulling that that money into that injection before I went on leave. And then that was all good. They were set in the diary. So that worked quite well. And people still mention it a lot. I had a discovery call last week and the girl was like, no, no, I've followed you for ages. I remember when you had Marley and you were like curb walking on the gutters, like trying to bring on labor and stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. So I've taken you guys on a journey and it's built a lot of no like, and trust. And she's not worked, you know, Marley's two now and she's reached out for the first time. And she was like, no, no, but I remember watching all of that happening. Um, I shared my birth story. It's still in a highlights. If anyone has any interest in having a water birth, that that was pretty cool. I loved it. Um, And I tried, I think it makes me a little bit, relatable in that way that I am you know I am a mom and a business owner and all the things that I am my kids are heavily involved in that and I think it documented that period quite well so that if other people thought I want to go on maternity leave you can't be what you can't see if no if people just disappear and then pop back I think it was uh, beneficial for some people that I've since spoken to who are still seriously considering having a second or third child and they were like yeah I think I can do it I watched what you did when you went and had Marley and it feels achievable as long as you're realistic and um, you know there's going to be some negative parts to it as well of course nobody likes getting out of bed every 45 minutes but you know so over the 12 weeks of maternity leave I managed to get through that entire master checklist so I was so excited to come back because I was like I've got all this fancy stuff to share with everyone and send off that I've just finally had the time and space and energy to look at. I had some really effective systems from a marketing perspective, a finance perspective. I'd really had time to get in there and look at lead generation and analytics and tracking and it it, it 
revolutionized my business. Like I'm not going to lie, pre-Marley business and post-Marley business, they're like chalk and cheese. They're completely different. I've got repeat clients who've worked with me like twice before Marley and once after and they were like, whoa, like this is amazing and looks so professional and it's this and it's that and you're like, oh, sorry about the scrappy startup but like I got busier than I had anticipated for without taking the time in the very beginning to actually focus on the business infrastructure. So I was always chasing my tail. So for me, it was almost like a restart button and I got a bonus baby out of it too. Okay. And as I mentioned at the top of this podcast episode, when I did my Instagram live, which you can go and watch on my Instagram at oleander underscore and underscore finch, If you scroll down a little bit inside of my feed, it's got the title Blending Babies and Business, and it was about 18 weeks ago. So you can go and have a watch of that. But when I did do that, it was incredible how many people came to me with questions and were just like, how do you make it work? So I hope if some of you are planning, pre-planning, even remotely interested in having children, but you also are starting a business, that this helps alleviate any of those concerns and gets you into the headspace of like, actually, you can flip the script and lean into it and see how can this be a benefit to me and what would it look like if it was just easy, if it wasn't a problem. Write down what that looks like and then go do that. Like Make sure it looks like that for you and it's not a hassle. My second piece of advice, as I mentioned, was to finish up earlier than you think you need to finish up because everyone will slide in asking for, you know, can I just get in just can you just do one more job before the end? And um, I don't think I went into it. I had a fairly okay pregnancy with Marley, but I turned 45 days after Marley was born. And so I was older, pregnant, overdue, very iron deficient, like nothing super serious, but definitely like over it. And I would say that a few of those last couple of jobs before maternity leave suffered for that. Like I'm not overly proud of the results. They were like fine. They were acceptable. They in some people's world, beautiful, but I feel like I could have given them more heart and energy than I actually had to give. Like I was pretty much a shell of myself by that last week. I just couldn't get across the finish line quick enough. So um, I would just suggest that you give yourself time and space and like anything, just look after yourself and really take care to listen to your body. And hopefully lots of you will not need to re-automate, systemize, template and reinvent the wheel for your business because you set up your business at the beginning before you had clients and you have this beautiful, amazing thing anyway. So you can spend way more time while the baby sleeps, you can go do something else instead of write a template or tidy something up or do something. But if you haven't got around to it, this is a brilliant opportunity and I can't recommend it enough. The last thing that I will just remind you or that I will let you know as a bit of a tip is, and this is going back to September 2021, as well as I don't know what happens with like the government, the ATO, Centrelink, all that sort of stuff. It it evolves very quickly. Every time I have a baby, it's like a whole new system. But when I had Marley, you could opt to have some flexible days as well. So you could either hand over some days to parental leave so that dad could take some time off for his work and maybe help with the baby while you had design clients Um, or you could have flexible days. So I nominated to have three months off work and I did all of the systems and things but then I had every Friday off. So yeah I had like four weeks left up my sleeve but I took them as every Friday paid per week. So I never did any paid work on a Friday 
I just hung out with Marley, went to swimming lessons with Banjo, like just Fridays with nothing. And that taught me to look for a better way in terms of work-life balance because I have gotten better and better at that. And I now absolutely do not do client work on Wednesdays and Fridays. I'm here for the frameworkers, of course, because we have our private chat. And I'm here for coaching pocket clients during Voxer because they are Monday to Friday. So I will get back to them around some of their individual private coaching issues. But generally, I don't show up for work very often on Wednesdays and Fridays. They're kid time. And next year, the kids are... Two of them are going to be in school, so it'll just be Marley and me on a Wednesday. And outside of that, I'll be getting a lot more work time. So see, the sooner you get into it, the sooner you get moving and they're at daycare and doing things. And I feel very refocused and into my business again in a way where he just slipped right into the family. He's an absolute joy. It is not a problem whatsoever. And I think if you are nervous about it, um, don't be. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you have any questions, please come and see me in my DMs over at oleander underscore and underscore finch um, or track me down, voice memo me, ask me. I will keep your information confidential and private, just like I did all those people that dropped into my DMs after the live, because um, it's a big thing. And yeah it takes a little bit of time and reassurance but you got this it's going to be amazing it is absolutely worth it I hope that I have not just sparked an industry-wide baby boom by telling you all to go have babies but if that was in your future at least you now know that there is a way to make it work for you and just before I go, I wanted to let you know that I have opened the waitlist for the next round of the framework. So that waitlist has been closed since our last intake and I have opened it up today. So if you would like to get your name on the waitlist to be the first to find out any waitlist deals and when the doors will open and when I will take in, this will effectively be the last round of frameworkers to be taken into the framework before end of year. And we are going to be doing some really amazing prep work for Q1 next year, like goal setting and getting in there and workshops and making sure that everyone sort of has a bit of reflection time and gets in and tidies up 2023 and hits the ground running. And I cannot believe I'm talking about 2024 already, but I will put the link in the show notes if you would like to join the waitlist. All it means is you'll get an email notification when we open the doors or when we are next going to be taking in select few of frameworkers. All right, I'll chat to you on Thursday. On Thursday, I'm bringing you an amazing conversation with a friend of mine, Vienna Rose, who is formerly from Norway and has moved to Sydney and is just graduated design school and working in property staging and with a designer and has some really cool insights just on all things related to international design and just her journey is really interesting. So I will catch you then. That wraps up another episode of Designing Success from Study to Studio. Thanks for lending me your ears. Remember, progress over perfection is the key. If you found value in today's episode, go ahead and hit subscribe or share it with a friend. Your feedback means so much to me and it helps me improve, but it also helps this podcast reach more emerging and evolving designers just like you. For your daily dose of design business tips and to get a closer look at what goes on behind the scenes, follow at oleander underscore and underscore finch on Instagram. You'll find tons of resources available at www.oleanderandfinch.com to support you on your journey. Remember, this is your path, your vision, your future, and your business. Now let's get out there and start designing your success. 